So tonight, the title of our message is simply this, Recipe for Revival. Recipe for Revival. Now, how many cooks do we have in the place? How many of you like to cook? All right. How many of you are terrible at it? I'm waving my hand. I heard that honk. That's right. How many of you are pretty good at it? You know how to cook. You know how to make some stuff. And All right. So my wife is an excellent cook. Uh, and I'm, it, it, she wasn't always that way. We've been married for a long time now. And when we first got married, Hot Pockets were the best thing ever. And, um, and, uh, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, with the, the meat, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I forget what you call it. Now, you take the top, you, hamburger meat. What is it? Hamburger helper. Thank you. Hamburger helper was our friend. And, uh, but I'm telling you what, my wife uh, has, has, has expounded her culinary excellence over the years, and she is my favorite cook. She can cook the best stuff. One of my favorite things is uh, the chicken with the, uh, what's it called? Parmesan chicken. Oh, my gosh. I could eat that right now. It's so good. But, you know, my wife had to learn. She worked hard. She uh, asked questions. She's got some uh, wonderful mothers in her life and that really helped to teach her and give her some things and some recipes, right? And so if you follow the recipe right, typically you'll get the right result, right? You'll get what you want. You'll try to you put the ingredients together and you do the right things and it all comes together. And, uh, and so but for me, I'm a sweetie. I like sweets. I mean, that's me. I like a cake. I like a pie. Is anybody with me on that? Uh, give me some uh, give me some apple pie with some hot with some ice cream on top you know chocolate cake peanut butter anything with peanut butter that just moves me right how many of your, your sweeties you like a sweet you got a sweet tooth like me well one of the, one of the things that my wife makes and that we actually just made this past week on vacation and we don't make it often because it's a lot of work is homemade cinnamon rolls homemade I'm talking, I'm talking about homemade. I'm not talking about, you know, crack the can and uh, throw them in the oven and put the icing out of the thing. I'm talking about homemade, where you take ingredients, you mix them together, you knead the dough, you let it rise, you put it in the oven, you make the icing. Come on, somebody give me a hallelujah. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this is some of the best, the best sweet that I think you could ever put. And everybody loves it. They always rave about it. And I usually try to help her in the kitchen. Um, and so, because so I want to just be her assistant, you know, I want to want to get some of that glory, you know. They're like, this is the best thing ever, Amanda, and you too, Stephen. <laughs> so, uh, so this week we we made these um, we made these cinnamon rolls, and uh, my wife has this recipe. And it's on this sheet of paper, and it has been, like, crumpled, and it's been written on, and things marked out. Because, you know, you want to get the recipe just right. Sometimes you need to make a few adjustments. You know, the ingredients, a little bit more of this, a little less of this, a little more time. And so she was always writing notes, and then it would get some something wet, and it would blur a little bit. Uh, and so I think we've made multiple copies of this thing, so that way we make sure we still have the recipe. But she, uh, so this recipe that she has for these cinnamon rolls is uh, something that she's going to keep forever. And I'm sure that we'll continue to make them, and maybe our daughters and our son, maybe they'll make them too. We'll know. Who knows? We'll pass it on or see. Uh, but it's, it's one of my favorite things. Uh, but, but you know why? Because they are homemade. It's, it's just wonderful. They're just fluffy and just that right amount of crisp and a little bit of the icing. Oh, man, a lot more icing. Maybe a little, more, a little bit more icing. Is there extra icing? Yes. Okay, a little more icing. And I'm not talking about icing. I'm talking about cream cheese icing. Come on. I heard the Lord say cream cheese. It's very good. I'm telling you, it's some of the best thing you'll ever put in your mouth. And we make two pans of that, and, uh, and they're all gone by the first. I mean, everybody comes through, and they're gone. Where, what happened to the cinnamon rolls? It's just went, poof, gone. <laughs> it's very, very good. But, you know, it's a process. It takes time. It takes effort, and it takes the right ingredients. 
to make this thing happen. And typically it takes two days, right? Because we're going to start the night before getting the dough prepared and letting it rise. And it has to has some things happen to happen for that dough for it before it can be ready, before it can be ready to cook. And so that happens the night before, and the next day it's a long process, and we cook them the next morning. So it's not easy. It takes practice. It takes some wisdom. It takes some patience. You've got you to gotta, you gotta learn the process. And I'm here to tell you that you know, following the recipe is a must, but it always, doesn't always yield the same results. Like even this week, we made two pans of cinnamon rolls. We made them at the same time with all the same ingredients, and one of them ri- would rise, and the other one didn't quite rise the same. And, you know, it's kind of like the yeast just didn't want to play nice or whatever. Bread is a little bit finicky, right? Anybody cook bread? You know, it can be a little finicky, depending on the weather, depending on the, uh, the moisture in the air, depending on the temperature. Bread can be finicky. And so, you know, we made two batches, and they weren't the same side by side. But I'm here to tell you, you know, look, even us that we try really hard, and my wife is excellent at it, to make these, uh, these wonderful desserts, I'm here to tell you that when God takes a recipe of your life, he is a master chef and he doesn't make mistakes and there's no errors and there's no mistakes and there's nothing missing in the ingredients. And when God puts something together, somebody got to know that he makes perfection out of our mess. Somebody say he's a perfect God. He's a good father. He does good things. He brings out the perfection in us. First Corinthians chapter three, verse six says this. It said it is God who brings the increase. One water, one sows, one waters, but God brings the increase. No one else can cause life to spring up but God. No one else can cause revival but God. But you know why? Because God moves to his people. And when we move to him, revival springs up. Do you want the recipe for revival to begin to stir in your heart tonight? Do you want God to begin to stir in your mind and in your body and in your and your family and in your finances? Do you want revival? Do you want God's power to connect with our humanity to create something miraculous? Is anybody in this place, anybody watching today, want the revival fire of God to burn in you? And to cause something new to spring up. Because I'm here to tell you, if we put the ingredients together, and if we stir the dough, and if we put it together, it's not always going to turn out the same. But when God puts his finger on it, when God touches a thing, he's the one that brings the increase. So I hear, I'm here to tell you this. Listen, this is something, man, I was, I was stirred today when God was speaking. He is the one who brings increase. Let me read you the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. It says, I planted Apollos waters, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants anything or he who waters, but it is God who brings the increase. Say that. Say, God brings the increase. Come on, wherever you are, say, God brings the increase. When God moves, he brings increase. When God steps, life springs up. When God speaks, life happens. He said, let there be, and light happened. He said, let there be, and the waters divided. He said, let there be, and man was created. He said, let there be, and things happened. I'm here to tell you, God is a God of creation. God is a God of increase. And when he moves and when he speaks, something has to grow and change. Something has to increase. There, I believe that there in this season right now, I believe, listen to this, I believe right now in this season there is an expansion of God's glory happening. A season of God's increase. A season of God's expansion. 
his glory expanding to all people. Somebody say that. I believe there's a season of expansion. God is expanding us. He is increasing us. He's causing there to be a deeper and wider foundation, something to support what he has and calls for. Do you guys, do you guys want what God has in store for you here today? I'm here to tell you right now he's bringing the increase. I believe we are in a season of revival, an increase revival. There's going to be an increase today. Somebody say there's an increase. It's not just a series of services, right? And it's not just some speakers that come to make us feel good for a little while, but it's something personal. God's going to bring you a personal increase. Somebody say God's bringing me a personal increase, a personal increase. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, God's just going to wants to just bless you with a bunch of money. Listen, God does want to abundantly bless you in all areas, but I'm believing that there is an increase coming in the relationship that you have with God. I believe there's an increase coming in your prayer life. I believe that there's an increase coming in the anointing of God over you to speak the truth and to declare God's word. I believe there's an increase of souls, a harvest of souls that's coming. I believe that there's an increase today moving. God is moving and bringing increase. Everything he touches, he's bringing the increase. Say somebody's bringing, God's bringing an increase in me personally. He's doing something intimate. He's bringing an intimacy, an intimate increase. God wants to know, wants you to know this today. He wants you and him, me and him to have a very deep and intimate relationship. There is only one way revival is going to be springing up in this place and in my life. And that is born in intimacy between you and God. It has to start with me. Somebody say that it has to start with me. Revival is not just about uh, some good music and a great service and, and the presence of God moving in that moment. Revival is about intimacy with you and God every single day and every single moment. And that must start with you. Say that's got to start with me. So that wasn't very exciting. Earlier I said, hey, how many want revival in your life and revival in your family? And everybody's like, Woo, yeah, give me revival. Well, then I said, well, it starts with you. And it got a little quiet. It starts with me. It takes an intimacy with God. It takes connection with him more than we've ever had before. God wants to touch us with his increase. An increase in a personal, intimate relationship. Something that lasts. Somebody say something that lasts. Now, I, I did youth ministry. My wife and I were pastor, youth pastors for many, many years. And I know what it's like to take teenagers off to a trip and they come back fired up and they make it about three months and they're like, well, I'm just, I can't do it right no more, Pastor Steven. I can't read my Bible. I'm too tired. Or whatever it was, you know, there was always those excuses. It was like, we're fired up. We want to, we're going to change the world. But then a month later, you know, circumstances happen and it gets difficult. But see, I'm like that too. And maybe you are sometimes as well. Life gets heavy. And burdens come and difficulty happens. But he has overcome the world. And because he has overcome the world, we have overcome the world. We've got to begin to change our mentality, change our minds. God is bringing a personal and intimate and lasting revival in you and in me. Somebody believe that today. A personal and intimate and lasting revival. Something that is not just a breath on the water, but it is a foundation that will propel us to the second coming of Jesus Christ. There's breath and life coming from God for you. He's going to breathe his life into you. He's going to bring his, his increase into your mind. He's going to bring his 
his healing power into your body. He's going to bring stability and strength into your marriage and your relationships. He's going to bring something powerful into your finances. He's going to open the door for new things. This is the season for God's increase. So we're, we believe in God to do great things, great things. Uh, we're just ke- kind of keeping an eye on the weather. And so if you're uncomfortable at all, you're welcome to join your vehicle in 94.3 and turn it up. I'm going to keep on preaching. So we don't want you to get uh, struck by lightning. It's pretty close. Uh, don't worry. It's going to be okay. But if you need to ma- move to your vehicle, that'll be just fine. Uh, so just keep an eye on that as well. So God is the one that speaks life and breathes life into your body, your mind, your marriage, your finances, our church, our city, our nation. We want revival born and sparked in us so that it can move to our families. My children, how many have children or grandchildren? You want to see revival sparked and grow in them and it never leave and never cease and increase like never before. So I'm here to tell you, it must start with you and me. And when it does, and when the fire of God moves into our children and into our marriages and into our homes and into our our government and into our city and into our nation, God's people will, will, the Bible says that all men will bow before the, the throne of God. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. The season is coming. God is bringing an increase of revival. And it starts with me. Say that again. It starts with me. He has given us the recipe for this in his word. So I'm going to talk about this for the next few minutes. God has given us the recipe in his word to see this happen. How many like to follow a good recipe? It helps me out. I don't make mistakes if I do that. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. The first ingredient, the main ingredient here is relationship. My people. My people, if my people, let me ask you this question, simply this, how's your relationship with God? How is your intimacy? How is your connection with God? Where do you stand right at this moment? Is your faith a little cold? Is your walk a little weak? The Bible says right here, if my people. If you want the revival power and fire of God, it's time to to come under the, the power of God and say, I belong to him. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. What are the influences, the voices that you hear? What are the what are the what are the things that you follow? Do you tend to lean towards fear? Do you tend to lean towards worry? Do you tend to allow the enemy to distract and distraught your mind? Do you, do you tend to allow the, the distractions of the world to take precedence over the, the truth of God's word in your mind? And I'm here to tell you that today, my people, if you want to be called my people, if you want to be the ones that says, I belong to God, we got to begin to listen to his voice. Hide God's word in your heart, the Bible says, so we can't sin, we won't sin against him. It's like a fire shut up in our bones. It's the truth. And when we have the truth in us, the lies can't come in. The word can't be, we can't be distracted because we we know the truth and the truth makes us free. How many want the truth of God? So we must do that. We must hide God's word in our heart. 
to have an intimate relationship with God and to, to be one of his people, we must know his word. We must establish ourselves firmly in his word. If we want revival to flow in us, out of us, through us, into our city, we must hide his word in our hearts. We must know his word intimately. We must read and consume and, uh, and admire his word and speak it often because his word is what brings life. It is truth. It is the truth. It is the truth. So let me ask you this question. What are you saying? What's coming out of your mouth? What are you saying today? What do you say? What's the first thing that happens when you stub your toe? Are you upset? Is it trouble? Your problem? When you, when you face a difficult thing? When you come through difficult life, up, downs, and circumstances? What do you say? What are you saying? Begin to declare God's truth. Begin to speak his word. Begin to always give him glory. Begin to lift praise in all these situations. The Bible says that we praise God in every situation. When we praise him, when we lift his, our voice and declare he is God, even when the circumstances don't look like it, God moves on the circumstances. He brings the revival fire. So the first ingredient is relationship. We must, we must know God. The second ingredient is the leaven. You know, when you put the bread, you got to put the leaven in there. You got to put the uh, whatever it is, the yeast, for it to for it to grow. The leaven in this relationship, the most one of the most important things that we need to do as Christians is we have to be humble. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you. We must crucify our pride. Revelations 3.15 says, I know your words that you are neither hot nor cold, but I wish you were cold or hot because you are lukewarm. I spew you out of my mouth. It's time for us to get past, get past the things that we did as a child. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I acted like a child. I talked like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's time to put some things away. It's time to put some things beside us and away from us. And relieve ourselves from those things. It takes a humility. It takes our pride being consumed by God's glorious fire. He is God and there is none other. We worship him and him only. The devil came to Jesus and said, this can all be yours. If you'll bow and worship me. There's only one God, he said. You are God. I know him. There's one God. He is God and there's none other. And we must worship him. How do we find ourselves in humility? It's in a place of worship. Worship is attributing worth to God. It's attributing and saying, God, you are worth it all. You are worth my praise. You are worth my life. You are worth it all. Attributing worth to God is worship. And it takes a sacrifice. And it means that we must be humble before the Lord and say, God, it is you and not me. The next ingredient is we must repent. There must be repentance for revival to come. If you want to see revival in your life, you must repent. God, forgive me of the things that I've seen, thought, acted. God, and there's a turning. There must be a turning. Some things must turn around. We need to turn away from the things of the world and look for the things of God and listen to the voice of God and heed his voice and follow his voice. And turn away from the lies of the enemy. And turn away. Somebody say, turn away. We're going to repent from the, from the lies of the enemy. If my people are humble, by, uh, will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, 
and turn from their wicked ways. The word turn is repent. We must turn from our wicked ways. We are not in this world. We are we're in this world, but not of this world. We are aliens in this place. We are we are uh, created to be different. We are created to be like Him, and we are created to be unlike the world and to be set apart and a glorious and holy people. He is a jealous God. He desires His people. The last ingredient, there must be a heat. God is an all-consuming fire, and He desires to, to burn in us and to bring things about. Listen, I remember, I remember I said God's finger on something brings the increase. God's touch on something brings His glory. God's voice on something creates. And I'm here to tell you that when God speaks into your situation, and when we are humble, and when we repent, and when we walk in His ways, and when we heed His voice, when He touches the thing, then, then revival fire explodes and burns in your life. That's my desire today. I want to be a man. I want to be a man who burns for God. Not just on this stage. Not just in front of my children. But on the job and everywhere I go. I want to burn for Him. And I want His, his finger to touch me. Just like Isaiah when he took the hot coal and put it on his lips. When Isaiah began to speak the word. And after that coal touched his lips. He began to speak the truth and speak the word. And it never failed. It never failed. God's word came to pass. And out of the words from Isaiah was the prophecy of Jesus. I'm here to tell you that God wants to speak through you. And he wants to put his coal on your lips. And he wants to, the, for your voice to, be decla- to begin to declare the truth. And begin to speak something you never said before. And begin to uh, declare prophetically what God is going to do in this nation. So if you would bow, with my, bow your heads with me for here. I'm going to close this thing out because I think we're about out of time. Listen, I want to just want to say this. Say this to God. I pray that you would put the coal on my lips. That you would burn in me, God, so that I can speak your truth. Touch my mind. Touch my heart. Touch my body. Fill me with your spirit, your grace, your mercy, God, so that I can be the catalyst for revival, Lord, in my life. That I can be the catalyst for revival in my family and in my city and in my church and in my nation. God, let the coal burn on my lips so that I can prophetically speak your truth, God, to every situation. And before we go any further, let's do this all over this place. If you're watching online, if you're listening here in the parking lot, if you're sitting here with me, let's do this. Say, God, forgive us of our sins. Wash us clean by your blood. Touch our lips with your holy coal, God. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Watch us with the word, God. Make us pure and holy, God. Spotless and blemishless before you, God. Let us be a pure and white bride before you, God, purified by your blood. We repent of our ways. We turn from our evil ways and our old mindsets and our old actions and our old attitudes and our old thought patterns. I just heard the Lord say that there's some of you here today that the thought patterns of, that, of the enemy have, in, have been ingrained deeply in your mind. And God wants to heal you right now where you are. Worry no more, the Lord says. Worry no more, the Lord says. Fear no more, the Lord says. Fear no more, the Lord says. Fear no more. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for establishing your truth. We thank you for speaking to us, God. We pray, God. 
that you would build and stir a recipe of revival in our minds, in our hearts, in our bodies. God, let new life spring up. Touch us with the coal on our lips, God. Fill us with your fire, God, and cause your word to come to pass. Somebody give God some praise in this place tonight. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy, worthy, worthy. Come on, somebody lift up some praise to the king today. You want revival today. You want revival in your life. I want revival in my mind. I want revival in my heart. I want revival in my children. I want your fire. Have your way, God. Have your way, God. Have your way, God. Have your way, God. Have your way, way, Lord. Let your revival fire, God, burn in us like never before. We want you. Say that with me. Say, God, I want you. I want you. I want you. Praise God. He's worthy. Amen. We love you guys so much.